Welcome everyone to our podcast. I'm Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. Uh, this is Kevin Clark. He's a member here. He does a lot of preaching and you may have had opportunity to hear him in a gospel meeting. He does a great job. And we've been uh, working together in our podcast. We call it From the Preacher Study. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in the preacher study. And so, uh, <laughs> but we hope that you benefit from the things we've studied uh, as we apply ourselves to studying the word and teaching the word. But we want to welcome you and uh, hope that you'll uh, enjoy watching and listening to what we have to say today, that you'll be a, benefited by it, that it'll be an encouragement to you in some way, and uh, perhaps to others as well as you uh, tell them about our podcast and draw them in to being uh, listeners and uh, participants along with us. And so we're glad that you're here Amen. and uh, hope that you benefit from it. Kevin, anything that you want to say as we begin? Yeah, I just want to thank uh, Jason Reed and Mark Towns and our deacons here who, again, make this podcast possible. We really appreciate all their labors and efforts. And we appreciate the audience uh, showing an interest in God's Word, uh, supporting the Word, exalting it. You understand what it can do. It has the power to build our faith, has the power to transform our lives because it's not a book that's just written by men, but ultimately it's authored by God. And so anytime we can expose ourselves to God's Word, anytime we can study it, hear it, hear it preached, taught, we're going to be benefited with it if we accept it in the right spirit. And so uh, really appreciate everybody tuning in. Right. We've been studying from the epistles of the New Testament, epistles written by Paul, in which he identifies himself and describes himself as a prisoner. Mm -hmm. So we started out with Philippians, Mm -hmm. we studied Ephesians and Colossians, and then we just finished up Philemon. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to transition to to something else over the next several weeks and look at some topics and approach them from a biblical point of view. And uh, and so that's important for us uh, to do. So we want to, in this session, establish why we look at these things from a biblical point mm-hmm. of view. You know, the Bible was written a long time ago, mm-hmm. uh, at least 2,000 years mm-hmm. ago, some of it over 3,000 years ago. And yet here we are, we're 21st century men and women, well-educated, sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Why would we submit ourselves to the teaching of such an old book, such mm-hmm. an ancient book? What is there about this book that we would allow it to dictate to us what we think, how we live, what kind of decisions we make just on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. and important decisions in our lives. Why don't we think highly enough of ourselves to say, well, you know, I can figure out the right thing to do. I can figure out what's best for me. Instead of doing that, we say, well, what does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. Why would we approach anything in our lives today from a biblical point of view, much less topics of the day, important topics of the day, controversial topics of the day. Why would we go back to the Bible and see what the Bible has to say so long ago and allow that to have such great influence in our lives? And so we want to talk about the nature of the Bible today and why we use it as we do to uh, direct our, our lives to help us make good decisions. Kevin, anything that you want to add to that as we begin? Yeah, I think uh, it's very important that we understand that we're talking about biblical morality and we'll get into why that's so important. 
But if we don't establish the authority of the Bible, then all the things we're going to talk about over the next several weeks won't make sense to you because we're not appealing to your experiences. We're not appealing to your intuition. We're not appealing to common sense divorce from the Bible. We're not appealing to how you were raised or your politics or any of that stuff. We're appealing to this book as a standard, as authority. And we're asking ourselves, what does this book say about fill in the blank, whatever? And whatever it says, that is truth. And that's what we have to adopt as our viewpoint. That's what we have to follow. That's what we hear to that's what we teach that's what biblical morality is well let's so let's begin we'll begin with second timothy chapter 3 verses mm -hmm. 16 and 17 all scripture is inspired by god and profitable for teaching reproof for correction training in righteousness so that the man of god may be adequate equipped for every good work and so the bible claims for itself this is a book that is inspired by god doesn't just come out of the mind of man. It's not just uh, something that insightful people put together. Mm -hmm. uh, it, they were insightful people mm -hmm. who wrote the Bible, no doubt, but they're directed by and guided by God uh, into writing what they wrote. And so that's the idea of being inspired. The, the word itself, of course, is it's been breathed by God. And mm -hmm. so God has, has, has put this information into the minds of these men guided their words, guided their thoughts, mm -hmm. so that what they wrote is the Word mm -hmm. of God. Not right. the Word of men, right. but the Word of God. Now here's another passage along those same lines, and this refers to Old Testament writings and uh, prophecy in particular. And so he says in verse 20, now know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. What I understand that to mean is that the prophets didn't look at their <coughs> circumstances interpret them on their own by mm. themselves and then draw conclusions no they were moved by the holy spirit no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will but been moved by the holy spirit spoke from god mm -hmm. if you go back to the old testament you find over and over and over again well over a thousand times you'll find especially in the prophets statements like god said the word of God said, the word of the Lord came to me saying. Mm -hmm. And so these men were claiming to be speaking, not from their themselves, not based on the, merely their own insight, but they're moved by the spirit of God so that when we read what they wrote, we're reading the word of God. Can you think of a couple of passages that might uh, support that idea as well? Well, one of the things I thought about was, um, you know, the Apostle Paul is often attacked for some of his teaching that's considered to be controversial. And yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, you cannot divorce Paul from God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verses 36 and 37, after he's given some instructions for the order in the assembly, he says, or did the word of God come originally from you? Or was it you only that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. And so Paul says, this is not just my opinion. It's not how I view things. It's not based on me being a Pharisee. He said, the things I'm writing, these are the commandments of God. And so they have extra special authority. They go well beyond me. And so those who would challenge Paul and say, well, I don't like what Paul said about women. I don't like what Paul said about homosexuality. I don't like what Paul said about a host of things. You understand, you're challenging the God who inspired Paul to write those things. He said, these things are the commandments of the Lord. Now, we might highlight that by contrasting it with what Paul says on other occasions. Yes, in 1 yes. Corinthians 7, yeah. he's writing and he's yeah. careful to say, mm -hmm. now, 
in this matter, I'm not right. I don't have a commandment from the Lord. I'm giving my judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm giving my opinion. Mm-hmm. So Paul is very careful to distinguish his opinion right. from the commandment the of, of the Lord. Lord. Yep. And so, uh, as you said, 1 Corinthians 14, I, I'm giving you the commandment of mm-hmm. the Lord in, in this particular area, in this particular subject. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, We've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God, which things we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so God has given us His Spirit so that we might know the things He would have us to know. Mm-hmm. And when we preach them and teach them and write them, we're writing them in words provided by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that what we have is, we, as we say, the Word of God. Amen. And so Amen. that claim is made throughout the Bible. It is. The Old Testament, New Testament alike. Paul claims it for all Scripture. Mm-hmm, if it's mm-hmm, Scripture, mm-hmm. it's inspired by God. Let me so, weigh in on that just yeah, real, real go ahead. quick. Uh, about the, the Scripture point, I also like, if, again, for those, if for some reason Paul really gets singled out for mistreatment in terms of the authority of his uh, writings, uh, Peter himself acknowledges that what Paul wrote was Scripture. Yeah. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3. Start verse 14. He's talked about the second coming of the Lord and being prepared for that. He says, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Now, listen to this. As also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. And so here's Peter who puts Paul's writing in the same category as scripture. And if it's in the same category as scripture, based on the verse you started out the podcast, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it's inspired of God. It's God breathed. So Peter is saying what my beloved brother Paul wrote, that was inspired. Now, now the word scripture refers to what is written. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just their preaching that's inspired. Right. It's the written right. word. That's right. And so we want to emphasize that as well. Absolutely. When we look at the written word, that's, that, right. that's what the word scripture mm-hmm. suggests. It's something that is written. Mm-hmm. And so it's the written word as we have it that is authoritative. You know, a person's word, the word carries as much authority as the person that's right. himself. That's right. The person that speaks it. So when we are thinking about God's word, we need to treat it with as much respect Mm-hmm. As if, as we treat God Himself, Amen. So you can't separate God's word from God who uttered it, Amen. And so, uh, if the Bible is God's word, well, then it it carries the authority of God Himself. Absolutely, looks like you're onto something there. Well, I was just thinking about um, God, since He is the author of the Bible. We have to have, as you say, that respect for God that extends to His word. And one thing that when I think about the authority of Scripture that I can't help but think about is Isaiah 55. Uh, 8 through 9, where God tells us through Isaiah, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we have to understand, if God is indeed the author of Scripture, and He is, then this is a being who says, look, my thoughts are different from your thoughts. You don't think the way that I do. And quite frankly, not only are your thoughts different than mine, they're inferior to mine. My thoughts are so much higher than yours. When you really let that sink in and say, okay, this is the work product of this mind that's so far above mine, then you really do nothing but just what does he say and obey it. And you don't question it. 
you just do what he says because you're not in a position to question. He's already said, you don't have the mental uh, framework. You don't have the intellectual aptitude to question me. I'm God. You're not. Listen to what I have to say. And so when people uh, question what the scriptures say, they're really elevating themselves to the level of God. And so it's almost an act of idolatry, isn't Amen. it? Amen. And so uh, we're, we're not in a position to call our maker into question. Right. You know, we're the potter. That's right. He's the potter. We're the clay. That's right. And so uh, we allow him to, adap- to adapt us and mold us and shape us mm-hmm. into the kind of person he wants us to be. Amen. And so why do we appeal to the Bible? It's God's word. That's right. It carries the authority of God. It's a divine book. He's in a position to mold our thinking and to shape our thinking and our behavior as well. Right. He's our creator. He knows us. And so we want to appeal to his word, trusting in him that what he intends for us and teaches us through that word is right. the best for us. And I'd say this too, because it is from God, these principles are timeless. So they're not bound by culture. They're not bound by time. There's a sense that, well, we need to update the Bible. We need to edit the Bible. Well, if it were written only by a man, perhaps so, because that man is bound in time and space by his culture and his background, his milieu. And, but this is God Almighty who is not bound in any shape, fashion, form by any of those things. And when he speaks, there's no need for cultural editing. He's spoken once and forevermore. We contend for that faith that he's delivered to us. There are certain evidences to suggest that mm-hmm. the Bible is God's Word. That's so right. It's, it's made this claim, and we've seen that. Mm-hmm. But is there any reason that we should believe that that claim is true, that mm-hmm. the Bible is, in fact, God's Word? Well, the way it's spoken to people down through the years suggests that it is a special book. Right. And so uh, uh, it answers the big questions mm-hmm. of life. You know, mm-hmm. where did I come mm-hmm. from? What, what, what went wrong with our world? You right. know, what, right. what happened? Yeah. It answers that question. Uh, where am I going? What, what, where, where am I headed? If I, are we just on this planet, just flying through space into an infinity of nothing? You <laughs> right, know. Right. Well, the Bible answers that for us. What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. What kind of person should I, should I be? Absolutely. And so it answers those big questions, and in a, a way that has satisfied millions and mm. millions of people mm-hmm. through the years. And so that in itself yes. would suggest to us that it's a special book. But there are other lines of evidence as well. Think about the unity of mm-hmm. the Bible. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 uh, it, there's one message that runs all the way through the Bible from the very right. beginning, from the opening chapters all the way through the end. It tells us about God's working in human history to bring about uh, man's, humankind's redemption, to bring us to himself. And so it was written by 30 to 40 men over right. a period of about 1,500 years. That's right. People of different backgrounds, different kinds of people, obviously didn't know each other or consult with each other. Mm-hmm. And yet their writings yes. blend together and harmonize together just just perfectly. And so that would suggest that's that's not a that's not possible. <laughs> it's just not possible if the four of us, right. you and me and Mark and Jason were to split up into different rooms uh-huh. and we're going to, we're going to write a story, right? There's no way we would write the same story. That's right. That's right. Even if in some way we did write the same story, it wouldn't fit together. Right. And yet that's exactly what happened in, in the case of the Bible. So Absolutely. that suggests to us that it's more than a human book. Absolutely. Uh, it's unity. Yeah, there are no discrepancies in the Bible. In fact, I've got a book called The Alleged Discrepancies in the Bible. As you said, there have been men all throughout hundreds of years that have attempted to undermine the Scriptures, and they've never right. been successful. They've never found a contradiction. Right, and those men are gone. Yeah. You know, those men came and went. Right, right. But the Bible is still here. That's the right. Bible is still here just like it was 
way you know way back when Amen. the prophecies of the Bible oh, yes, uh, suggest to us that this this is an unusual book this is mm-hmm. uh, not merely merely a human book mm-hmm. you could take you know, the, the the history of Israel alone mm-hmm. and um, just look at look at what is said about Israel in prophecy mm-hmm. and that would be a remarkable thing but the Bible also, contains prophecies concerning other nations, right. and all of them have come Absolutely. to pass. Yeah. Sometimes those prophecies are given hundreds of years before the events that That's they right. talk about take place, but they do take place. Mm-hmm. And then you think about the Messianic yes, prophecy right, right. in the Old Testament. Uh, some some see hundreds mm-hmm. of Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. There are certainly multiple, multiple uh, prophecies concerning Christ, the Messiah, in the Old Testament, and they look forward to all kind of things about his life, where he was born, the unusual circumstances of his birth, what kind of person he grew to be, his miracles, his mm-hmm. parables, where he lived, how he's going to die, his resurrection, all of those mm-hmm. foretold in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. How, how could that be? Mm-hmm. Well, it is because God, who knows the end from the beginning, right, right. is able to communicate to these men this information, they wrote it. And then in the New Testament, they were shown how those things are fulfilled in Christ. Amen. And of course, obviously, everything you said there just goes to the authority of Scripture. These are the reasons why we put so much stock. What does the Bible say about any of these matters? And because of those things that prove this is a work of God, not just the work of men, we give it the utmost credence and allegiance. There's one other thing that I'll, I'll bring up. I know our time is is out, but the the uh, the the view that Jesus had towards Scripture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that should that should carry a mm-hmm, lot of weight with us. Mm-hmm. If we claim to be Christians, right. it's important to us what Jesus had to say. Yes, and so we believe that what Jesus had to say is right. correct. Right, uh, and so in for example Matthew twenty two verse mm-hmm, forty three, mm-hmm. Jesus says how he said to them. Then how does David in the spirit mm-hmm. call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. David in the spirit mm-hmm. said this. Remember mm-hmm. in the beginning we talked about right. how these men were Inspired led by, by the spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that gets Jesus' support and endorsement mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. He says in Matthew chapter 15, uh, quoting from, uh, referring back to the Ten Commandments, that God said, God said, Honor your father and mother. It's mm-hmm. what not just Moses' mm-hmm. insight or mm-hmm. perception. God said this. That's right. and so Jesus is affirming mm-hmm. that the Scripture is the word of the word of God. Good point. In fact, in His prayer in John seventeen, mm-hmm. sanctify them in truth. Your word, word is truth. Your word yeah. is truth. Right. And so this is Jesus' evaluation of Scripture. It's the word of God. And if that's Jesus' evaluation, mm-hmm. and I'm a disciple of Jesus, well, then it must be my evaluation as well. Amen. Why do we appeal to the Bible? As we talk about the various things, why do we go to Scripture? Why do we put so much um, so much emphasis on what Scripture says? Because it's the word of God. Amen. And that's an amazing thing, isn't it? It is. We have a communication from God. Mm-hmm. We have access to it. We can read it, and we can understand Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And so... In the weeks to come, as we talk about various things, we'll be appealing to Scripture because it's God's Word. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's the final word mm-hmm. on any of these particular subjects we're going to talk about. Amen.
You want to wrap it up for us? Well, sure. I just wanted to emphasize just how important it is that we look at everything from a biblical perspective and what we're going to be doing in the weeks to come. We're not canvassing uh, opinions and taking surveys, and we're not asking the pundits and intellectuals. We're doing the same thing that God's people have always done. We're appealing to God's Word. You remember uh, Acts 17 when Paul comes preaching to the Bereans, and they're trying to figure out what Paul is saying is true or not. They didn't just talk amongst themselves. It says they searched the Scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. So in their mind, the Word of God was the Scriptures. They had access to that. Here's some new information. We're going to take that new information. We're going to compare it to what we know is God's Word. If it lines up, we'll accept it. If not, we reject it. We're saying the same thing. We have a standard. So when people come along and they say this and the other thing, how does it line up with God's Word? If it's consistent, we'll accept it. If it's inconsistent, we reject That's it. Right. That's, That's biblical right. morality. That's right. So we appreciate everybody being with us today. Hope we've said some things that stimulate your thought. Uh, it, we've tried to provide a, a foundation and a basis from which we are going to work. And I uh, hope that you'll join with us and, and uh, think along uh, with us as we, we talk about these things in Amen. weeks to come. As we usually do, we'll close with a word of prayer. Brother Kevin, would you like to lead us? Sure. The gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you bowing our heads so very thankful that you've seen fit to breathe into our nostrils the breath of life that you brought us into existence, known uh, us from the womb. And we're so very thankful that we have that precious gift of life and hope that we have used that gift in such a way to bring glory and honor to thy name. We're not here to indulge ourselves and fulfill ourselves, but we're here to fear you and to keep your commandments. And we're so very thankful that you have revealed to us your will uh, through the Bible, through the scriptures, so that we can know how we ought to live, how we ought to think, how we ought to dress, how we ought to interact with each other as husbands and wives, how we uh, train our children the way that they should go, how we interact uh, employer to employee, uh, how we interact with our neighbors, just all aspects of our lives regulated by your inspired word. And that's the key. We understand and we know that this word, the Bible, is your inspired word. It's not the words of Paul or James or Peter, but these are the words that you wanted written uh, through these men as willing vessels. And we're so very thankful for this. Uh, let us exercise our opportunity to study and to know and to meditate upon and to adhere to this word. Thank you for revealing your mind to us. Uh, we know that there are things that are secret to you, but these things have been revealed so that we can uh, do them, so we can understand them. And we're so very thankful that we have that ability. Uh, just let us spend more time and more effort. As Peter said, there are some things in your word that are difficult to understand, but not impossible. If we continue to invest of ourselves, invest the time, have the desire, we'll understand what we need to know about your holy inspired word. And we're about to embark upon a series of studies where we're going to talk about what your word says on various aspects of morality. And we hope that uh, you would be with each one of us. Uh, Bob and I, as we present the word, that we present just that, the word, not our opinions, not our thoughts, not the way we were raised, but what your word says on these things. And we'd also appeal that you be with the hearts and the minds of the listeners, that they may listen with open minds, put aside all preconceived notions, put aside all biases and their own personal views, and to hear truly what you have to say through your word. We know that this is your truth about all of these things, and we want to line up with your truth in all aspects of our lives. And so we would appeal to all of us uh, to spend more time diligently studying your word. We don't want to be a workman that is ashamed because we can't rightly divide the word of truth. And in order to avoid that end, we have to spend time and have to roll up our sleeves and work hard at studying your word and uh, memorizing it and studying it, committing it to memory, uh, cross-referencing passages, trying to understand the original context and really put a lot of effort. There are a lot of things in life that we put effort in, but there's none more rewarding 
uh, none that's going to be more beneficial than to study your will. And so let us treat it as we should, exalt your word, revere your word, appreciate your word, and certainly study and live your word and teach it to those around us. We ask you to continue to be with this podcast that may have a lot of influence, that more and more people will tune in, more and more people will listen to what has to be said. And we know that if they do listen and if we do our job, which is to present your word, then much good will be done. Your word will not return to your void. We thank you so very much for this opportunity. Please be with us in Christ's name we pray. Amen.